Welcome to the Like, Bite, and Share podcast, brought to you by Schweiden Sons. Learn the secrets of food and hospitality marketing from some of the best professionals in the food business. Here are your co-hosts, Rev Ciancio from Schweiden Sons and Brad Garoon from BurgerWeekly.com. Hey, Rev, and David Ciancio. Mr. Brad Garoon, I am uh, excited to talk to you, and I'm uh, excited to talk to Greg Avola from Untappd today. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So let's, uh, let's, let's tell the story, shall we? Yeah, so do you want to tell it or do you want me to tell it? I'll start. You swoop in when you feel like it. (laughs) I do it. So a few weeks ago, I emailed Rev. I'm I'm talking to you, the listener, now. I'm I'm disrupting the usual flow of things. A few weeks ago, I emailed Rev, and I said, we should talk to someone from Untapped because the gamification of that app, which for those who don't know, is the social network totally centered around beer. It's perfect for beer nerds, and its it's, its user base is seemingly to me way more engaged and passionate about the app than than most apps that have badges and, and gamification in some other way so i wanted to talk to someone there and rev you knew someone there yeah you emailed me and i was like why would we want to talk to greg from greg avola from a tapped and you were like you know him i was like yeah my bar had the very first and only bar badge ever on that platform and then brad very quickly was like here's the 10 reasons why we should talk to untapped and i was like i will email greg right now <laughs> yeah so this is a little bit behind the scenes of our podcast for those who could possibly care but sometimes one of us will pitch an episode and the other one will be like nah and then we always end up interviewing the person anyway because the person who came up with the idea is very passionate about it and I'm glad that that's always been the case because we've had some great people on this show. Yeah, and today today's show is good because we're able to ask Greg about the advantage of, of using his platform as a brewery, as a bar, as a user, and also get some insight out of him how to build, you know, what goes into building a social network and uh, and launching an app like he has. So actually, there's a lot of great insight on today's show. I'm excited about it. Let's share some insight into some into the burger world. You and I went burger crazy the other day, Brad. Burger crazy. I thought I was actually going to be sick. I ate so many burgers that night. The night of I'm gonna, the timeout New York Battle of the Burger 2016. I'm going to use a, a Brad Garoon quote here. We ate from 15 burgers. <laughs> so many eating burgers from that night. It was, <laughs> it was a real trip. Rev, you, you helped to host the event, and I was one of the uh, judges for the judges. Well, yeah, I was a judge for the, for the best judges <laughs> burger. I don't even know how to say these things. The sponsor of our show, Schwad and Sons, was the ground beef sponsor for the event. And so 15 of the 20 restaurants that participated used Schwad and Sons ground beef. And uh, Brad was participated in the Judges Award where you guys got to try uh, all 15 of the burgers used uh, with our meat. And then uh, Blind Tasted picked a winner, and it was uh, Peter McManus Cafe. It's, which is pretty wild because it's one of the few restaurants that serve burgers there that I've not been to. And I live not terribly far from it, so... I'm going to have to do a full-blown burger review of Peter McManus. Yeah, they've been around since for almost 100 years, fourth generation, family-owned and operated. It's a pretty great story. Yeah, I've been there for beers, actually. It's a fun place. But with no further ado, speaking of beers, let's talk to the beer man himself, Greg Avola. Greg Avola is a web developer who turned his love of coding and scripting into becoming a co-founder and CTO of a social network for beer lovers called Untapped. Uh, I know I'm on it. Brad, are you on it? Yeah, I love it. Uh, it launched in 2010. Uh, Untapped allows its users to check into beers as they drink them, share these check-ins with their locations with their friends, so they could be at home checking in, they could be at a bar, they could add the location, stuff like that. Some of you might already be on it. The network originally launched in 2010 and now can claim more than 3 million users. 
Uh, that's a lot of users. Craig, how does somebody go from Disney ABC TV uh, to running the world's leading beer social network? <laughs> well, it, it's funny because, you know, when we first started Untapped, it was really a part-time gig. So my co-founder and I out of California, Tim Mather, basically kind of came up with the idea of being able to kind of attach more meaningful check-ins. Uh, we were big fans of Foursquare, uh, but we thought that once we checked into a location, it kind of stopped there. And we thought of industries that were very inherently social, but not social on the web. And beer was the first thing that kind of came to mind. So we basically kind of created this network where uh, people can kind of check in, like you mentioned, add location, uh, be more social from uh, from that perspective. So uh, from that, we did it part-time for a couple of years, um, probably about four and a half. Uh, and then ultimately, we merged with another company called NextLaugh in North Carolina, and that allowed us to be full-time on the project starting this, this past February of this year. So it's been a, a whirlwind of a ride, and uh, we're super excited about the future of the platform for sure. Well, congratulations very much. What was your relationship like with beer before you started Untapped? Yeah, so it's a funny story. Uh, I, I really wasn't into beer when it first started. I was more interested in the social kind of atmosphere of beer. Um, you know, the, the Greg from five years ago would tell the Greg today that he's like in, like in shock that he likes so many different types of beer, specifically IPAs or anything of that nature, uh, darker beers, uh, stuff that I never really liked it when I first started on tap. But I use the platform to learn what I like and what I don't like. Um, so it helped me significantly uh, improve my taste palette and also discover new beers in the process. So when we first started, we were really novice kind of beer drinkers, but now we've kind of used the platform to take it to the next level in terms of finding the next great beer out there. What I want to do here is, is give the listeners some numbers so they get an idea uh, of the size of Untapped. Like I said, you know, sure. I'm, a, I'm a user, Brad's a user here, but let, let's give some context. How many total users are, are on the network? Yeah, you mentioned earlier about 3 million. Now we're close to 3.5 million. Uh, we've actually gained a lot since uh, in, the, in the past couple of months. We've been really pushing it hard with the, our new business product, Untapped for Business. Uh, but right now we have around 3.5 million users on the service uh, checking in every day, sometimes close to um, 10 to 11 million check-ins in the current month period. So there's a lot of activity going on uh, within the service. Uh, specifically, it's on Thursday, Friday, Saturday is kind of the big, heavier time within the application for sure. Oh, who knew people were drinking on weekends? Uh, <laughs> do you know how many total check-ins you've had since you've started? It's been close. Last time we did a count, I mean, it's a very heavy count because the database is so big, but we're close to 360 million check-ins on the service now. So it's been a... Uh, it's, it's been pretty crazy to see that number kind of keep continually grow year over year, so it's pretty cool to see. All right, and how, you may not know the answers to some of these, but you can wing it. Uh, <laughs> how, does the, how often does the average user check in? It depends on where you're located, honestly. It's, it's kind of an interesting kind of data point because we see people that check in uh, three times more in metro areas with major public transportation that, that cities that don't have that. So it's usually around uh, three check-ins to one person. And in metro cities, it's like five or six. So it's great to see for drinking responsibly, uh, but also a pretty cool stat to see that, um, you know, public transit or bigger metro areas kind of, um, you know, with the more amount of bars and breweries around the area kind of skew the system a little bit higher. So I'm sorry, I might have missed this, but you're saying three to five check-ins over how, how long a period of time? Uh, in a 30-day period, um, you know, that, that could be the, the kind of norm for users across the board. Uh, three to five would be my, my, uh, my best guess in terms of winning it. How about, a, how about what would you like to consider a power user? What's their average check-ins look like? You know, the power users are the ones that go to a lot of um, uh, beer festivals or breweries do a lot of flights. 
And there's been this ongoing debate within Untap whether you check in every single beer from a beer festival or whether you check in beers from flights and things like that. Um, you know, there's no Untap police, so they're not gonna, no one's gonna, gonna take your phone away and never give it back. Um, so I, I would say that the more power users that check in every single beer like that, maybe up to 10 or 15 per, per calendar month, uh, sometimes even more depending on um, where they're traveling and things of that nature. I can't imagine going to a beer festival and checking into every beer. That just sounds like a headache and a drain on your battery. Yeah, it is. And people do it, though. People love to kind of keep a log of what they've had. And, you know, personally for me, how I use it is when I go to a festival, um, you know, I'll kind of check into the ones that I want to remember for next time, but I won't check into every single beer that I've had uh, just so that I can kind of remind myself, hey, this is a really good beer. I want to try it in a much more a larger format. How many uh, how many different kinds of beers are on the, uh, on the format? Do you have an idea? Yeah, we've run a million and a half beers that have been created on the service, and around 700,000 of them are commercial. So we do offer users the ability to upload their own homebrews to our service. Um, um, so that's why you see the 500,000 differential there between the commercial product and also um, the homebrews. Um, so it, it's, it's one of those things that's been growing rapidly uh, since we first started. Uh, we started, I think, we started with around 5,000 beers in our database just when we first launched back 2010, uh, and for the users being able to add stuff to the database um, and helping us grow, we were able to get to where we are today. So it's pretty crazy to see that, that number grow um, from only 5,000 to like 750,000 in like five years. So pretty crazy stuff. Okay, a couple more, and we'll speed round these so we can get to the, to the meat of here. How many different breweries are on the... Uh on the on the network, we have 300,000 breweries. I don't have a breakdown in, in terms of how many are commercial versus how many are homebrew, but uh, it's probably the same kind of percentage we're looking at from the beer side. So uh, right. 300,000 on there. It's amazing. How many countries are you in? Every single country that's been a check-in, at least every single country, except for Antarctica. So it's a uh, so we're in every single country worldwide. So it's pretty crazy. All right, mission uh, ready there. All right, and last one. What is the most checked into city or area? So the, this changes really every single week, uh, but New York is, is the highest area. New York City is the highest checked-in city. After that, it's Chicago, then Philadelphia. The first two, Chicago and New York, kind of change every other week, depending on the events that are going on there, but New York City has it as of today. So let's, let's talk a bit about the user experience. I mean, Rev and I obviously know how Untapped works, and I think we've dug into it pretty deep, but for, for the uninitiated, what's it like to be a user on the platform? What kind of stuff can you do on there, aside from just checking in your beer? Yeah, I mean, the check-in is a natural part of what Untapped is all about. I mean, it is a check-in, but we look at it from a perspective of rating a beer um, and sharing it with your friends. But you can do a lot more than just doing that. You can also see what your friends are drinking around you. But we also have a tons of location-based features in the application, such as trending places, so you can find out where to get your next pint. Or even the, if you're looking for that particular pint, we can tell you locations that may have the product in there uh, on draft based on some social data. Uh, we also have a lot of other things like earning badges on the platform, which is very popular. We're doing certain activities like drinking many IPAs or pout quarters or stouts. Um, so there's a lot of uh, kind of gamification elements within the application that are fun for some users as well. Speaking of gamification, I feel like Untapped does this really, really well. Um, and I know that obviously Foursquare, uh, which was uh, one of the inspirations for this app, has a larger user base, but it feels as though untapped users are are much more engaged uh, and passionate about the app. Yeah, I was going to say that's definitely true. I mean, uh, it, it's kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time. It, it's it's awesome to have early passionate users, and it's it's fantastic to have them on the platform. And sometimes they can give lots and lots of, of feedback on 
on tons of things, almost so much to handle in, in, in a sense. But, you know, they're very passionate about beer. I think that's really the key thing we've learned from this whole experience is that the beer community as a whole is very passionate about the things that they do. Um, so things like, um, you know, naming, IBUs, ABV, detail-oriented things. We have a lot of people that help us kind of submit merges, submit edits, help us keep it clean. Uh, and I don't think you'd find that, you also find that in Foursquare as well, but you have this kind of niche kind of network that we've created where people are really passionate about the products uh, when it comes to gamification and also keeping the data keep clean and accurate. So if you were going to be talking to an aspiring app developer, would you tell him that, you know, finding a really niche audience is the way to go versus, say, like a, an app like this for movies, which actually does exist, but yes. uh, I don't know if every movie fan would be able to tell you what it was. Exactly. If it's a his or her uh, new developer starting guy, I think you want to attach yourself to uh, niche-based uh, uh, networks, but also try to find something that you're passionate about as well, because if you're passionate about it, that will bleed into the product as a whole. I think one of the reasons why we now have so much success is because people see how hard uh, Tim and I work for these products to make it the best it can be, and they feel like they're part of that experience. So it's almost like the whole craft movement. I call it the Etsy effect, where people want more hand-grown, independent things. Um, and I think when it comes to beer, people want the same experience. So we match that same experience of the craft world to more of our app and our business. So it feels like more of a kind of family-run, really kind of you know closely knit to what they're looking for, which helps significantly kind of grow the, the market space and the user base. So if you're aspiring to, be, to build an app or a community yourself, um, think about what people love about that community. People love to, the independence, the, the, the freedom, the open, the transparency about craft beer itself. So we kind of mirrored our company around that and really focused on the users and the community and the experience. For your power users or for, for you know, big fans, heavy, heavy advocates, you offer an account upgrade to a supporter account. Can you talk about the advantage of the upgrade and how that works? Yeah, the, the supporter account will really help us kind of grow the platform. Ultimately, when we have so many users on the platform, uh, it turns out to be a, a really big infrastructure cost for the server. So when we're writing this by ourselves, uh, basically we uh, need to support ourselves and support the growth of the application. So what we've created is something called untapped supporter accounts, which give additional features in, in uh, into the user with the ability to kind of give back to the app creators like myself and Tim to help us continue to run the service and uh, also have the, um, the, the, the fees for running the servers and things like that. So, you know, people have said years and years, I, I, I'd rather pay for an app or, or things like that. Uh, we felt the user wouldn't really get anything out of that, whether they just pay for it and they get a, a $1 fee or whatever it is. But that's kind of stifles growth of the community, and we didn't want to do that. So we wanted to have a way people that actually wanted to give back um, to help us run these servers, to give them a supporter account add additional features like being able to export your list to an Excel spreadsheet if you want to do some crazy graphs, or things like being able to um, you know, look at uh, stat stats in real time of where you're checking into, see a graph of what you've checked into all related on the map, your top styles, things like that. So, And also uh, having an exclusive badge um, that allows users to earn says that I supported Untapped. So it kind of mixes all of the cool things about Untapped and how, how we're kind of homegrown and really using the users to support us and continue to grow. Um, so it's not a pro account per se. Uh, it's more of a supporter account to keep help us keep running. So it sounds like it feeds into both tech nerddom and uh, beer nerddom. Exactly, exactly. Well, the more nerddoms, the better. <laughs> One of the cool features on Untapped is you can see, for certain bars, their full beer menu. Do you, is this something that more bars should be utilizing? How, how, can, how can more restaurants get in on this and, and get more, uh, more folks aware of what's going on at their bar? 
Yeah, it's a new platform that we announced on, in February of this past year, 2016, called Untap for Business. And the key thing here is it allows bars, restaurants to publish their real-time tap menus to untapped.com, the mobile app, their website, Facebook, um, and even another source as well. Uh, we do print menus, we do a lot of things and digital boards that help kind of bars and restaurants give a better understanding of who their customers are and how to serve them. The better part about it is that the users benefit significantly because they can find real-time tap lists in the app automatically when they go to a bar. So they don't have to kind of look through and say, okay, which one haven't I had yet? Uh, it will automatically tell you which ones you haven't had. Or looking for an IPA, you can do that easily through the application itself. But one of the biggest beneficial things, in my opinion, is the raw data that comes out of these particular platforms. So there are other competitors out there that do similar things in this space, but we have a community of users that check in every single day on the application. So that raw data about who your customers are, uh, what, what beer they're checking into the most, what styles are the most popular ones, uh, are really kind of being able to get back to the analytics of the business owner to get her, better know who their customers are uh, and help them significantly kind of market themselves uh, differently among their peers. Uh, another beneficial thing is push notifications. So if I'm if I'm a big fan of a bar and I want to get updates on what they put on draft, I'm already using the untapped app to check in, and now I can find out what they have on draft and get updated when they put new things that I want to see on there. So it's a great way to kind of complete that whole loop of being able to find the beers you're looking for and interact with the bars um, that have them as well. You took my follow-up question, but luckily I thought of another one. Um, you, you, you mentioned earlier there's no untapped police. But <laughs> are, is there any, how do I put this, is there any penalty for not properly maintaining your menu when you have a business account like that? Like, do you, like I assume that when that happens you get complaints from your users. We haven't, we've launched this in February, we haven't had an issue yet where the individual uh, bar owner has basically put something on that hasn't been there yet. Uh, one of the things that we really focus hard on is to make sure that these menus are accurate. So when the bars push them out to the users, they know that it's not just us on the line, it's their, it's their um, kind of responsibility as well. So I don't, we haven't had an issue where somebody puts a really rare beer like Planet of the Elder in our New York City bar just to get the notifications to be sent out to users and then have them all come to their bar disappointed that they, you know, lied per se. So there hasn't been an issue like that yet. Hopefully there never will be, but we'll definitely tackle that if that comes about. And actually, I mean, that's way more nefarious than what I was thinking. <laughs> but um, no, I was thinking more in lines of uh, just the menus not being updated properly when there's a switch over. Um, maybe someone comes in because there was a bar on tap in, in April and then in May it was no longer there, but it's still up on the menu and on tap. Yeah, we have run into many issues like that because what we see a lot of is that this is a paid platform, so subscription-based. So a lot of times people will create a menu and update it, and if they don't update it for more than a year or more than a couple months, um, you know, they'll get notified by us, say, hey, you have your menu out of date, you might want to do it. And also the user also gets a notification about when that menu is updated. So if they see one that's been updated last a month ago, maybe that triggers them to say, hey, this is not correct or this is out of date or what have you. But um, you know, we always try to work with them to be as um, as flexible as possible in terms of publishing these things. Um, also, we have mobile apps that you can update on the go that are really quick and easy. Um, so we try to make it easy as possible to update your menu because they see the value of having the right information uh, on there. Not only on tap, but we also do print menus as well so they can print it for their bars itself. So that becomes part of their own uh, kind of workflow. And I tell you what, when I was running my bar, the hardest thing was to get my staff to update our beer menu. So I can't imagine. Um, Greg, what, what other services does Untap for Business offer? And I guess really the question I'm, I'm trying to ask is, like, what advantage does a bar have when using this over a bar that doesn't? 
Yeah, the key thing is it gets promoted in our system. So you'll see that there. if you look at the nearby bars, nearby um, restaurants and things of that nature, you'll see that they've been filtered to the top of the list and they get a, a special logo and as well as they get a check mark that says they're verified on our system. So they definitely stand out in terms of other bars on there. But personally, being able to, if I was a bar owner and being able to um, uh, reach out to my fans with notifications, uh, show real-time tap lists within this application on my website and print menu and digital boards, we're pretty much covering the majority of, of most of the, of the kind of the, the traditional bar owners kind of uh, uh, workflow in a sense. And plus using the whole situation of having all the users on Untapped, uh, the community being able to benefit from this uh, sets you out from the other people as well. So not having to go to push notifications when you put on a new beer, um, you have to go to your social feed, you gotta type it in, we do all that for you automatically through the platform. So the ease of ease of use, the um, the minimizing uh, time that you would take to update menus on, on other services and also on your website, and the seemly uh, and the ability to kind of be promoted within the application gives you a lot of benefits over the other ones. The the system itself comes with some built-in users. The the upgrade allows you to have some more technical uh, advantages over other uh, your competing bars and restaurants. Can you can you take this and put it into like a nice little story? Uh, give us like a, a successful brewery promo that went down. Like hey, we had this one customer. They use it for this and blah blah blah. They saw those results like. Give people a picture of how this works. Yeah, I think we have a few of those. I think the, the one that comes to mind is uh, there's a bar where I live in Westchester, New York, uh, and basically uh, they are a small uh, kind of bottle shop uh, called Beer Noggin. Uh, they signed on, signed on really early on, and they immediately saw benefits in the platform where um, they were able to get new customers come in at a very high rate. Uh, we, did, we do an in-app promo for all these uh, uh, these verified venues that come on board. So people know that are checking in around the area that this is a new venue that uh, is verified and see their tap room. So we're seeing a huge increase in terms of menu views within the application, a huge increase in terms of foot traffic coming in, new customers that have never come in because of these promos, because of these um, these businesses. For for a beer noggin, being a small bottle shop and, and brewer and, uh, and tap room, uh, they saw a significant increase in terms of users coming in and checking in. I think the last time I looked at their check-in counts, it was close to like, you know, 3,000. And then after the untapped platform in a few months, now they're almost close to 10,000 check-ins. So they've definitely used this a lot to kind of gain um, some of the uh, benefits of, of using the untapped business platform. Anecdotally, sometimes that's what drives, you know, adoption and, and, and use for these things. Were you, are you able to actually deliver real numbers to, to a place like it's Beer Noggin? Uh, um, like these are how many users, this is the value of that user. Like how, how does that all, how do you measure ROI for this? Yeah, well, we, we measure our in a number of ways, and I think the idea here is that we look at these in-app promotions as a way to kind of measure the ROI uh, for new users coming into the door that have never come in, that have come in based on this promotion we send out uh, for the users and stuff like that. So we're able to measure those types of ROI, but I think the, the, the main benefit here is that the, um, the company itself can, or the, the, the actual restaurant or bar, can see a change in their checking accounts. They can, they can verify that, oh, we have 1,000 users that came in this month that can refer back to an ROI from the perspective of individual users. So there are a lot of more analytic tools that are part of the platform to help you kind of dig deeper and seeing what's happening on the Untapped platform. Now, of course, not every user that comes to that particular bar or restaurant is using Untapped. So we're only going to be able to provide a, a subset of those. However, if that increases over time, you're going to be able to see a lot more benefits in terms of an ROI perspective you can see through our graphs and analytics. It sounds to me like for a power user from the bar side, from the untapped or business side, 
they can get their head as deep into this as possible. There's all kinds of analytics and ROI and numbers and all this stuff. Most bar owners I know or, or, or general managers of bars have zero time on their hands. Can, <laughs> can untap, can they use untap from like a, almost a set it and forget it perspective? Like, oh, I got 10 minutes to do this, blah, blah. Like, is there still an advantage for it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that if you're a bar that changes its tap list once every week or once every hour, there's still value-added incentive for you to put your beer list and do it and set it and forget it. So the whole notion of, okay, I want to put my menu on my website, but I have to update it every time that I want to update a beer, and that's a kind of a pain, a pain to do that. So what we try to do is make it very simple and easy. You can use our mobile apps. People are very familiar with those types of situations. Update your menu on the go, and it's done in about three minutes' time. You can set up your entire menu, share it to Twitter, Facebook, everything out uh, within a few two taps and swipes of the application itself. So uh, we definitely, you know, you can dig deep as you like with the analytics, but if you want to set it and forget it, put all your menus in one one spot, and then basically publish them out to all your different mediums. That can be done with a few clicks and swipes. So it's a very seamless tool to do that. Awesome. I got I got one more question for you about uh, Untap for Business. Uh, before I hand it back to Brad here, uh, what was the very first bar to have their own badge on Untapped? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder where this is coming from. Yeah, so the first bar ever was Idle Hands. Uh, it was the only bar we've ever done, actually, uh, only single bar we ever had uh, with a badge on Untapped uh, in the history of Untapped. So your streak still lives today, Rev. Amen. So I bring that up to get to the real question. Um, what would the cost be for a bar to have their own badge, i.e., why is it so cost prohibitive? Well, I think the whole notion of, of badges is that they're very cool. Everyone loves to earn them. But what we don't want to do is inundate the user with so many different, so many badges where it doesn't become really cool to earn them. So we typically don't do badges for um, uh, you know, individual locations, per se. Uh, we like to make them a group of locations, get the most amount of exposure for the clients, but also the exposure for the users. So we saw situations where if there was a bar or a single location that had a bar, uh, had a badge, and everyone wanted to earn it, they'd get mad at us and the bar about situations. So we try to kind of spread it out and make it more regional. We've actually focused more on brewery badges as opposed to more venue-based badges, where a brewery will do a sponsored uh, badge for their for their beer that's coming out, and that's more national or regional work. It's the most amount of, of reach in terms of um, users coming through the platform and seeing that. Um, but when it turns out to the badge system, it's all about trying to manage uh, too much or too little in terms of badges and stuff like that. We've done things where we do like seven or eight badges a month and they get lost. So we want to try to make sure that we do enough to the user so we don't inundate them too much with the badges. That's why we're very picky about, about what we do, how we do it when it comes to badge selection process. Even the core badges that we do that are not sponsored, um, we've actually turned that completely over to a vote by the community. So you can go onto our website and you can actually vote exactly for what badges you want to see. And every two months we do a new set of five badges based on all voting. Therefore, it's kind of driven by the community, and it makes the most amount of sense for the end user. So that's very democratic for the user, um, and it sounds like there's a lot of options for businesses uh, to get their stuff out there, but is there, is there space on Untapped for discussion between users outside of specific, like outside of check-ins on specific beers or at a venue? Is there a place for them to just discuss sort of more broad topics about beer? And we've thought about this more of like a message board for the future, but right now it's really not. It's kind of geared toward more check-in oriented activity. So they will say things like, oh, I'll check into a beer and then there'll be a conversation about it there. We've seen that conversation take off on Twitter or Facebook when someone shares that socially. 
uh, with their check-ins. But right now, it's just mainly from the check-in activity. We're definitely looking at potentially expanding it to message boards in the future. What we want to try to avoid is some of the other sites that are out there. Uh, message boards becomes very hard to maintain uh, when it comes to you know abuse or things of that nature. So uh, making kind of cool, uh, you know, uh, friendly and engaging has been always been the topic of what what Untapped is all about. So we want to make sure that we tackle that those issues before we dive into something else. Sure, and then Rev and I also won't be able to promote this podcast on Untapped, which is a big problem. You could promote it on Untapped by checking in a beer and checking and putting a link to it, but no one will be able to click on it because we don't have links that are clickable in the platform, like Instagram, which unfortunately. Is pro- probably smart in the in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, exactly, especially with spam that's going on all over the place. That's so very hard to kind of put that down. For sure. Um, you mentioned uh, breweries using... Uh, the gamification, the badges of Untapped to promote new beers. Can you tell us an example of a story about um, a successful promo? Yeah, I mean, we just did one actually for not not for a new beer per se, but um, we did one recently called uh, uh, Belgian for a Day, which is from Duval, uh, and we said to Duval that they wanted to do a Belgian badge for Belgian Independence Day, which is in July. So they did a badge checking into two different Duval beers or anything under the Duval kind of uh, parent uh, system there. And we increased the check-ins almost 50% in that particular badge much that they did in the previous month. Um, so there's a lot of room there for, 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 for breweries to kind of explore and work with us to see if they can expand their reach in terms of being people excited about these badges. We've seen people actually travel and trade beer across country for these badges. So we did a badge for Old Style, uh, which is a Pabst uh, Blue Ribbon uh, kind of beer that's in Chicago, where it was 17 badges for checking in Old Style in different um, uh, cities and neighborhoods in the Chicago area. And we had people fly up from Arizona, California, drive from Oregon, just earn these badges and kind of enjoy the experience of doing it. So they're very kind of sticky for users. Users love doing it, and it's really fun um, to kind of be engaged with that platform. When you're... Uh, I'm trying to sort of wrap my head around how these promotions come to be. Do the breweries come to you, or do you pitch this opportunity to breweries? We've actually been really fortunate enough where where the reach of Untapped um, has been pretty significant, where a lot of breweries come to us, and we kind of talk about the badge system. Sometimes it won't work for the brewery, it's too small, um, and sometimes it's the perfect fit for what they're trying to do. So, um, you know, most of the time the breweries will be reaching out to us, uh, which we're very fortunate for, and to kind of set these things up. I think one of the benefits of our platform is from day one, when a user shares uh, a tweet um, to uh, from Untapped to their Twitter feed, we always link the brewery uh, in that particular uh, tweet uh, for them. So it gets a lot of exposure for us uh, from the platform. So the users actually help us advertise on our behalf, which is great. Uh, and then the breweries will, will see that, like, oh, what's Untapped? Click in and then be able to contact us when they want to kind of reach out to the next level. So I think the combination of being able to see their stuff on Twitter, also being able to manage their page and their brewery account side has significantly helped kind of uh, increase the knowledge about these type of things. Uh, so I, I kind of have like a, uh, a two-parter here. Um, Brad will take the second part as a uh, precursor to that. Um, when, when a brewery is looking to work with Untapped, do you have like a standard pricing model or like how does that work? How do you figure out what to charge your brewery for the type of promotion you're doing. Yeah, we have a standard pricing model on all of our badges. What is basically dependent upon how long it wants to run for. So we have a 30-day badge, which is typically what we do for our breweries where they want to promote an individual beer or a group of beers. We always recommend those type of promotions or badges to run for 30 days. And then we have the beer week badges, which are kind of geared to more beer weeks or kind of smaller focused campaigns that run from 7 to 10 days. So we basically 
price them based on those type of things. Um, so it's not based on location or area or things like that. We kind of have a flat rate pricing in terms of, of, of the badges and, and how they're sponsored. And then to be able to keep selling these offerings, what kind of ROI can breweries expect to have after one of these uh, uh, promotions is over? It really depends on the reach of the brewery itself. Like the example of develop I made for 50% increased check-ins over time. I think the biggest thing for badges and what they do is they give the user the opportunity to make a decision. And the breweries are not always not going to be there in terms of a point-of-sale influencer, but the badges act as a point-of-sale influencer. So as an avid untapped user or a regular untapped user, they go to a bar and they see something on the menu that triggers them to say, hey, it's for a badge. They're going to pick that beer over another one just for the badge itself. So how do they maintain that? Well, by just increasing the knowledge of someone that knows more about beer, knows more about the products that they're drinking, um, they can get that customer in and be a, more of a loyal customer down the road. So maybe I'm a big fan of Founders Brewing Company, but I've never tried all-day IPA. And now I try out it for a badge, and I'm super excited about other things that they'll make that corresponds to that beer that I like. So it gets you more awareness and brand awareness throughout these things, which translates into more ROI for beers being sold and check-ins and things of that nature. Uh, sort of shifting a bit, have you worked with uh, beer influencers at all to increase the visibility of Untapped? We haven't really uh, done that, actually. Uh, we've talked to a lot of different people um, in the beer industry. I think what we've always kind of thought of is that you know we want to work with people as opposed to you know uh, hiring people to talk about it on your behalf. I and mean, we always work with um, you know uh, some some big beer players to see where the uh, kind of uh, two-way street could help. Um, we actually have one celebrity on Untapped, which I know of. There may be others, but uh, Will Wheaton is on Untapped, uses it pretty regularly, so that's pretty cool to see that uh, on a regular basis. But um, you know, most of the, the kind of increase on the user side has always been about um, users talking with other users and sharing that uh, that experience. So we really focus really hard on customer service. We work really hard on being able to communicate with the users. I spend a lot of my time. Thirty percent of my daily activities, like I do help desk and things of that nature, to get get back to get uh, a conversation started with users. Because I think if we create a good experience for one, they'll tell ten of their friends, and that's kind of how we've kind of grasped movement our our apps uh, movement over the last couple of years. That's pretty cool. Will Wheaton will do anything nerdy, beer nerdy, anything nerdy at all. You will. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm glad that we now know that Will Wheaton is a user of Untapped. Brad, I think if we just keep interviewing people from social networks, we're going to find out where all the celebrities are. Greg, if you didn't know, Jerry Seinfeld is on Yelp, and you can friend him. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. No <laughs> idea. Now I know. You learned it here on Like, Bite, and Share. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're, we're going to segue this to just look at uh, what you do from, from one more angle. Um, you know, you've launched a pretty successful social network and app. You know, what lessons were you not prepared for along the way that you would pass along to somebody else kind of looking to do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think that one of the things I've always been kind of surprised about is that when you build these kind of niche-based networks, how, how like, you know, deep into this kind of situation your user base is. So we have a team of moderators that come through the platform, around 50 of them from all different countries, and they'll help us volunteer their time to merge, edit, and make things correct. So when I was first starting with this, we didn't even have an edit or merge system. We figured no one's going to create the same beer twice, or no one's going to uh, add the wrong information. They want to make it right. But sometimes in the heat of the battle, a few drinks in, you may forget all about what you're supposed to do. 
And so that we, you know, if I go back, I make sure you understand the landscape of the community that you're dealing with, uh, with their needs and their wants. Because if you can really figure that out early on, you have a lot less painful points down the road. I mean, now we've done a lot with the community. We empower them to do a lot of things with the application. Around 90% of our feature requests and things of that nature are all driven based by the things that they've requested in the past. Um, so really kind of listen to them as help, as almost like stakeholders in our application. Because without them, we've really been able to kind of get where we are today. So uh, always listen to your users and always kind of know your community before you build so you can get a better understanding of, of, uh, of the product you're trying to do. That's an awesome answer. Um, I have to imagine that between you know development, maintenance, data, uh, merging, <laughs> something like Untapped is pretty expensive to keep afloat. Um, have you had to raise any funding to to put behind this? No, we've actually not raised any funding from the from the start of Untapped with the the combination of uh, the Untapped supporter accounts, uh, our brewery sponsored badges, and things of that nature. We've been able to to basically maintain uh, our our servers without having to raise any funds which gives um, the, us the ability to continue to drive the vision and the power of Untapped, which I think people want from us perspective. I mean, they, they don't want someone coming in and, and changing everything around for them. They want to be invested as much as we are. So uh, users knowing that we are at the forefront of the vision, even after this kind of merger with another company, we're still controlling uh, the nature of the, of the products from start to finish, helps people get a sense of mind of, of uh, how important this is to us uh, and how, how grateful we are for the Untapped supporter accounts to help us continue to, to grow the, the platform. Very cool. That's great. So, Greg, as we wrap up here, we're going to give you the same questions we give everybody. <laughs> so I'm, ho I'm hoping you're as into burgers as you are into beer now. Oh, yes. All right, good. What was your favorite burger from childhood? From childhood? You know, when I was growing up, everyone would probably say, like, McDonald's is, like, something they remember. But my mother was a health nut, so I never went to McDonald's at all. I used to go sneak off to McDonald's and have to hide the bag of McDonald's in my neighbor's garage or his trash so my mom wouldn't smell it or know that I was there. So I didn't have a lot of fast food growing up, but one of the things that I really liked is I'm a huge fan of Wendy's Burgers, believe it or not, when I was with a kid. I used to go there and get the chicken sandwich and things like that. Um, so from a, from a regular perspective of, of childhood experiences, it's got to be bad. But as growing up and who I am today, uh, there's no better burger out there uh, from, from a restaurant from my perspective except for the, the Shake Shack burgers are one of my favorite here in New York and all around the world now. So that's one of my favorites there. We don't get a ton of Wendy's, but we definitely get a ton of McDonald's and Burger King for that answer. So Yeah, I, I never went there <laughs> as a kid, so you know, it's, it really wasn't my, my thing. I, and there was a Wendy's near my high school and, and middle school, so we went there, I guess. So, yeah. what, is the, what is the last burger you ate? Last burger I ate, it was a burger from an, a place called uh, Father's Office, located in Santa Monica, California. It was a, um, a Gouda cheeseburger, in a sense, with, on, uh, which is weird because it was served on a hoagie or a roll. So usually you have most of the burgers are kind of on like these, you know, regular hamburger buns, but it was almost like a, a sub, in a sense. It was very, very good, very, very tasty. I'm a huge fan of, of, of burgers that are not overcooked or too juicy or too messy, so this was excellent for me. Highly recommend it. I love the Father's Office. That, that's like the uh, the Republican Party of hamburger joints because yeah. you have no choices. You just get the burger they give you. Yeah, that's one thing, too, to note that they don't allow any substitution whatsoever. So I wasn't a huge fan of Gouda, and I wanted to change it. They don't allow that, but I'll take it anyway. It was an amazing burger. I hate that burger. I hate it a lot. <laughs> I hate it just about as much as I hate the Republican Party. I really don't like it at all. Because you can't make a choice, or what's no, the deal? No, because it's not good. Like you, you, the way you guys are talking about it is, is kind of making my brain melt. I went, mine was quite dry. I also, yeah, Gouda's gross. 
the the greens on it are disgusting. That and it falls apart. That burger's terrible. You guys are crazy. <laughs> I, 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 I've had the burger, not the original, but the other location. I really liked it. So yeah, I thought it was fantastic. So sorry about that. But. This is the first time we've had this kind of disagreement when a guest has told us what their most recent favorite burger. <laughs> well, no, I just usually don't speak up when I don't like the burger. Apparently, you don't have that issue here. <laughs> no, we should. We, honesty is important, Greg. Let's get over this. Where can people find out more about Untapped? Untapped, you can find it on untapped.com. You can follow us on Twitter at, at Untapped and on Facebook as well. But primarily, it's the web 21st century. You can find us all at untapped.com. No E, because vowels aren't cool except for the U and the A that exists in the platform. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Like, Bite, and Share. We hope you found today's interview insightful. If you didn't get a chance to write down everything, no worries. We take the show notes for you. Go to schweidensons.com slash podcast to find them. If you enjoy the show, we ask for one favor, and that's please give us a rating in iTunes. That helps us to spread the word to others who might find this valuable like you do. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a future episode featuring helpful tips from other professionals in the food marketing business. Stay hungry.